This week was a big week for big tech. The CEOs of Apple, Google, Amazon, and Facebook were all asked to testify before Congress. And yesterday, many of those same companies, including Facebook and Amazon, reported blockbuster profit and revenue growth, beating all analyst expectations right in the middle of a worsening pandemic when many companies are struggling to survive. How did they do it? It turns out the answer is more simple than you think. It's all about the data. In this edition of FinTech Friday, data and artificial intelligence, the secret to prospering in challenging times. I'm Silvio Tavares here in San Francisco on July 31st, and this is FinTech Friday, brought to you by Cardlinks. It's great to be with you. Is it just me, or did Congress forget to ask the most important question of the big tech CEOs this week? That question is, how are you using artificial intelligence and data? Instead, much of the congressional questioning was about competition and monopolistic practices. Now, for sure, monopolies are bad for consumers and ultimately bad for the economy. And of course, preventing them is important. But it turns out that the most important competitive advantage that many of the big tech companies have is, in fact, their data and artificial intelligence. Case in point, did you know that Amazon makes over 40% of its e-commerce revenue from consumers clicking on that recommendation list you get every time you search for an item? That is the power of their data because they know what other people bought that were just like you. They could use that data to dramatically increase their sales. In this economy, data and applying machine learning to that data is the difference between success and disaster for most businesses. On the show today, we talk with a global leader in artificial intelligence and analytics. ORS helps leading retailers use data for competitive advantage. Chandra Subramanian is the vice chairman of ORS Group. Founded in Italy with global operations in Europe and in the US, ORS Group offers cross-industry solutions for optimizing and optimizing business processes using proprietary AI, machine learning, and big data analytics algorithms. Good morning, Chandra. How are you? Very good. And you, Silvio? I'm doing well. Um, I'm speaking to you from San Francisco, which, as you know, is the Cardlinks Association headquarters. Where are you today? Uh, I'm in New Jersey. That's where our U.S. headquarters is, and then based on New Brunswick, New Jersey. Um, so I'm speaking to you from there. What's the situation in New Brunswick? You know, everywhere around the country and around the world, we've had different challenges with COVID-19. How are things going in New Jersey? So we're probably somewhere between phase three and phase four. You know, shops have started opening up. Uh, I'm going to say that traffic is about 70% back to normal. Um, I, it's looking good. Your company has some amazing artificial intelligence, machine learning, and data analytics tools. Can you tell me a little bit more about your company and why is it that you work with so many large merchants? You, your company has a really fascinating backstory. So share with me um, how you guys got into the business and, and why you work with so many large merchants. <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. 
The primary goal and the mission of the company, which continues to be true even today, is to use uh, math and AI and machine learning to help businesses optimize uh, value chains. You know, we've done a lot of work in financial services industry with banks and, and uh, uh, insurance companies. Uh, and we also work in the energy industry vertical. And what we've realized is, uh, uh, though these industries are all very different, the underlying need uh, in all of these industries is, is basically three things. One is how much to invest, where to invest in, and what to invest in. How do you manage market volatility? And how do you manage risk? Um, and if you can figure these three things out uh, in a reasonable way, you can run a profitable business. And that's the underlying you know, factor that we have kept in mind. And we bring in you know, discipline from financial services industry into retail and manufacturing. Things like uh, valuators modeling and Monte Carlo simulation to understand that intrinsic risk in your business. You know, retailers don't use those models, but in financial services, when we invest money in, in growth, you know, even, even your, uh, I'm sure, wealth management advisor use these concepts to understand the intrinsic risk in a portfolio. But imagine you can bring those kinds of disciplines into running a business, which is what we've done very successfully, uh, and which is the new way that we are trying to educate these retail and manufacturing firms to, to think about their businesses. Very fascinating background and really using AI and analytics to help, you know, more traditional businesses that might not have used those technologies um, really helping them to leverage it for the future. So this COVID-19 has been extremely disruptive for merchants. And of course, other things have also been disruptive for merchants like uh, protests breaking out all over the country mm -hmm. uh, connected to the Black Lives Matter mo movement. But specifically around COVID, you work with a lot of merchants. How disruptive has this pandemic been for large merchants? Uh, it's been pretty bad, you know, depending upon the marketplace yet and uh, Silvio. You know, as you already know uh, from all of the news channels, you know, sales have gone down to almost zero for some of them in, you know, in, in March and early April and May, and it's just coming back up because of lockdowns and so on. Uh, I'm going to say the clothing apparel and accessory industry, uh, probably hospitality and travel, uh, they've been hardest hit. Uh, some of them almost losing 80% of their sales overnight. Uh, there's some discount retailers uh, with uh, heavy online business that have seen revenue growing during this period. So it all depends upon the business model. But broadly speaking, those industries, I think, uh, were pretty badly hit. Uh, CPG and grocery on the other end have seen massive growth in demands, um, especially in certain categories. Um, and, and, you know, the, the one group of businesses we don't talk enough about, uh, but which I think is the... Uh, uh, the bedrock of the the country is small businesses, and you know we've got to figure out how to help those um, those small businesses use the same technologies that big merchants use, um, and that's uh, you know to do for me in my organization. Fascinating. So in many respects, it's been a tale of two cities: the larger merchants with advanced access to technology and resources, they've been able to pivot a little bit more effectively to the new operating environment where e-commerce rules. Smaller merchants, it's been much more challenging. Yeah, and a lot of these uh, retailers have tried to figure out how to use stores as fulfillment centers. And so we're seeing uh, some interesting movement there. And some of those could be you know, here to stay because the cost models go down pretty dramatically. So it's been an interesting shift in the marketplace um, uh, for sure. One of the things that is challenging about COVID is a lot of the assumptions have changed dramatically. You know, mm -hmm. a simple thing, you know, let's say you are a 
uh, a pharmacy or convenience store, you know, maybe before you ordered uh, 10 bottles of Lysol, um, now COVID-19 comes and you're selling 10 bottles of Lysol per hour. Um, so your whole supply chain changes, your logistics change. How are you helping companies use AI to adjust their supply chain and uh, adjust other things even like their digital marketing? So fundamentally, you know, you need to ask, am I running my business, um, you know, in, in, in the traditional way or am I going to look at this in, in a very dynamic environment? Um, and, and when we speak to most of our merchants uh, to talk about the new approach to managing their business, uh, we realize that they're not set up to operate in this new environment. You know, they don't have, uh, first, of course, the systems to be able to do it. They have a ton of data, which is a good news, but they don't have the systems to be able to do it. Uh, they use planning systems that are very deterministic. They use processes that are very deterministic um, and a single number uh, and volume driven, right? So this is how they use, um, you know, run their businesses. So AI and machine learning fundamentally changes this approach because now using machines, you can um, literally crunch enormous amount of data. You can look for indicators using machine, machine learning clustering algorithms, uh, which are not obvious to the human mind. The, the machines can report trends uh, to guide decision makers and, and these trends are not you know, visible to the human eyes uh, using manual approaches. So I think fundamentally, if you're able to use machine learning and AI, um, you can you can plan your business, um, you know, in, in a very dynamic environment, and then you can run scenarios. So what happens if? What happens if I have a major storm coming up the the east coast? What happens if there's a pandemic and you know five of my factories in in China shut down? You know, how's it going to impact my demand? You can run those scenarios on a regular basis and plan for that which I think is the fundamental shift uh, AI is going to offer the merchants. Makes a lot of sense. And, you know, the media right now is focusing a lot on the big failures of merchants. Um, all we ever hear about are, you know, big merchants going bankrupt uh, like JCPenney's um, or or others. Um, but the reality is there, there are some companies and large merchants that are making the pivot successfully, mm -hmm. and they're they're actually able to implement some of these uh, technologies uh, like uh, AI to help them adjust their supply chains and run what if scenarios. Can you give us an example of a merchant that's really done that really successfully, just to make it real for our listeners? Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, so there are a lot of. Um, you know, uh, a lot of examples out there, some large obvious ones um, like, uh, you know, the Walmarts and the, and the targets of the world, uh, but there are not so obvious ones. You know, Luxardica, for example, is one of the largest eyeglass manufacturers in the world. Um, they have a massive wholesale business. Um, they have uh, the, the entire lens crafter chain is, uh, is owned by them. So it's a big retail, uh, uh, you know, business that they, they cater to. Uh, and so they also they also own uh, Ray-Ban. Is that is that yes, right? Yes, yes, exactly. That's actually the hottest selling item. I mean, they you know Ray-Ban is is been a best selling item for them for a very very long time. Uh, similarly, there's a you know very large fashion jewelry company. Unfortunately, I can't tell you who they are uh, because of NDAs and so on. Um, they are using AI technology to figure out recovery scenarios from COVID-19. You know how to adjust global inventory. I mean, they sell uh, uh, jewelry for twenty-five thousand dollars a piece. You know some of them. Um, and, and they even for such rare items, you know, they, they're using AI to figure out 
how to adjust global inventory, you know, rapidly adjust assortments, you know, predicting and responding to changes um, and, and instead in of reacting to it. So, so there are some really good stories out there, Silvio. That's great news, and it's uh, important to share some of those good news stories as well. Um, on that on that track, um, you know, you're speaking to me from North America, New Jersey, and um, you mentioned that the company was founded originally um, in Europe, and most of your development is done in in Italy. Um, can you can you give me a sense of some of the differences you're seeing among your customers? in US versus Europe? Are, are there significant differences or is the pain the same and are the technologies and ways of adapting the same in those two different markets? Um, I'm gonna say, um, you know, from a fundamental business model standpoint, um, it's probably the same. The competition is much higher here and, and though we, Kind of, you know, think of Europe as, as a single entity. It is not. Uh, you know that there's so many different countries. There are different behavior, uh, cultural biases in different countries. So, in some sense, uh, when retailers are selling in Europe, they're actually selling not to a single region. They're selling to different, you know, different factions, different types of people. So, um, in the in the U.S., on the other hand, data for us, you know, we, we're not so sensitive about data privacy and so on. So you, you get a, a large amount of data, it's more comprehensive. Um, you know, from a data quality standpoint, however, it's questionable. Whereas in Europe, because you've got GDPR and opt-in requirements and so on, um, you know, I'm going to say that the quality of data that you're seeing coming out of the European uh, region is much higher, but it's not necessarily comprehensive. So you know, we have to use models that are just for all these different factors, which is the difference, major difference we find. Great insights. Um, a question that we want to wrap up on is what does the future hold? Um, if you think about the use of AI and analytics in the context of merchants and in general in, in the context of businesses, what do you think some of the big new things we're going to start seeing um, in the balance of 2020 and into 2021? Well, I wish I had a crystal ball. Um, <laughs> I don't, but um, I'm going to go back uh, about 30 years. You know, when I was uh, still at uh, school uh, studying the then what was what we called AI technology, uh, it was a uh, it, it was a massive failure because the uh, the expectation and the the outcomes did not match up. The significant issue we had was data. Uh, we didn't have enough data. We are capturing. I'm going to say, you know, maybe less than one percent of the data we are capturing today. You know, the quality of the data was inaccurate. So we we suffered from that. And of course, the 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 the, the underlying technology itself was not uh, very flexible. Uh, all of that has changed. Um, so this time around, organizations have spent uh, about 20 years building massive data infrastructure. Uh, so this time around, you know, some of those problems goes away. Uh, however, the problem that still hasn't gone away is the expectation. Um, as much as you know, in 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 going 30 years back, we had this uh, you know high expectation of AI. I think you know that high expectation of AI has gone up about. So, in looking into the future, uh, a lot of this, uh, Silvio, um, is still, in my opinion, uh, very experimental. So, the way organizations need to approach this is very, with specific value points. Uh, take specific issues and problems. Take problems like demand forecasting. Um, can we apply AI to that? You know, what kind of outcomes can we get out of applying AI to demand forecasting? Can we start with us other some other fundamental problems 
like maybe cash flow forecasting, maybe sourcing related issues, um, you know, maybe issues with the uh, inventory uh, reduction, inventory optimization. Um, you know, take one problem and work that problem, and and ap approach this from from that perspective, and work with companies that have shown real measurable metrics using AI technology. So these are things that are going to actually help the future. Uh, I don't know if I've answered your question, but primarily what I'm you know what I'm saying is that we're still in that experimental phase as far as AI is concerned, Silvio, in my opinion. That's some great insight, Chandra. Um, I want to thank you very much for sharing your insights and considerable experience um, and also some of the success stories that uh, AI is producing in the marketplace. Um, thank you very much for being on the podcast today, Chandra. Oh, welcome, Silvio. Uh, always a pleasure. Coming right up, some closing thoughts on artificial intelligence and commerce. It is difficult to overstate the importance of big data and AI to the future of commerce. As we heard on today's show, for most companies, knowing how to leverage data to do things like improve and optimize supply chains, to improve operations and digital marketing, that is often the difference between success and failure. It's also fair to say that the pandemic has been like a tsunami, and it's greatly magnified the differences between the companies that know how to leverage data and those that don't. The companies that don't use data will get washed away. Those that know how to leverage machine learning and AI will ride the big wave to prosperity. And if you need a proof point for that, you need only to look at Facebook's and Amazon's result this week. For FinTech Friday from the Cardlinks Association, take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless you. This is Silvio Tavares signing off. <laughs>